0: One of the things I love about today's guest is that every piece of advice she gives always comes with two to three different benefits. Today, you'll get to experience those benefits as well as the wisdom and passion of Dr. Polly Hannon. Now a thriving business owner, she was able to build her physical therapy clinic beyond the V in less than a year with a long wait list. Polly is the founder of No Kegels University, an online university with courses on all women's health topics. Polly's enthusiasm is palpable because she knows that there are answers out there. She knows that there are answers in the body. Through her work as a pelvic floor coach and physical therapist, she helps her patients find those answers so that they can heal from trauma, enjoy pain-free sex, and recover from postpartum. Her explanations and tools are easy to understand and easy to use. Which is one of the many reasons I'm so excited for you to get to meet this incredible guest. But did you think I was done with our intro? <laughs> Not yet. Like all high-achieving, badass women, Polly is multi-talented. Polly runs her own physical therapy practice, helps her husband run his two businesses, and is always finding ways to serve her community with service projects or pro bono service. There is so much more to say, but for now, I'll let Polly say it. I give you. Polly Hannon. Welcome to the Danielle Shea Podcast. My name is Danielle Shea. I'm your host and a healing coach for sexual abuse survivors. I support survivors all around the world to live a joyful and filled life despite their past traumas and experiences. In this podcast, we have real and raw conversations about what it means to heal from sexual trauma. When you listen to this show, know that you are loved, you are believed and that I strive to provide the most valuable healing tools that are working in real time with my clients right now. In this episode, we have a guest that is going to provide massive value with an open heart and an open mind. I encourage you to listen to this episode with the same mentality. Please know that these are adults having adult conversations. These conversations are real and raw. This episode may be triggering in its content, stories shared and the language used. Please listen with headphones and in a space where you feel safe. Thank you for choosing yourself and being willing to heal because we need you in this world. Take a nice deep breath and let's jump into today's conversation.
1: Thank you. Uh, like she said, my name is Polly Hannon and I am a pelvic floor physical therapist. And I first was exposed to this long before I was even in physical therapy school. I won't share all the details. You can go look it up and, and stock some of those things later if you want to know about that. But I had an experience with one of the new physical therapists. I was working as an aide in a physical therapy clinic, and she had presented something to me a different outlook on my body that the other physical therapist in the clinic, clinic had not. And she was a new graduate. And so I thought it was really interesting that she knew about all these things about my menstrual cycle and my tampon use and, and all these things. And I said, "What? Well, how, how did you know? Because she ended up being right. A surgery later, I contacted her and she ended up being right and gave me just all she said was, I'm interested in women's health. That's all And that's all she gave me. And so, as I continued into physical therapy school, I got accepted and I went. So, I had the same training initially that, you know, if you've had back pain or knee pain or hip pain, I had that same training. I have my doctorate in physical therapy. But while I was in school, they really encouraged us to have a lot of experience. And so, I was able to spend some time with a women's health physical therapist and eventually was able to do a rotation at. The Women's Hospital in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is where I had my coming to Jesus, the you know the moment that you know the pivotal moment where my life changed because I really didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be talking about women peeing their pants. I did not want to be talking about them having pain with sex. I didn't like it, and it made me uncomfortable to be totally honest. and I had that moment where I literally heard a voice that said, "It's not about you." it's about them. Mm-hmm. And I realized because it was one of those things that these women were struggling with huge life changing results of something that could be fixed with exercise, like proper exercise. And so I came to the realization, okay, this I might tell a story about this later in life. I don't really know. I guess I'll stick it out. And it has changed my entire perspective because I've been in a position to see women I treat the pelvic floor in men, women and kids as well. As my career has progressed because I've been doing this for 13 years as of this point. But I've been in such a beautiful position where women come to me and share with me, well I'm having pain and I, I you know my husband might be cheating on me and I don't really know what to do about it or you know I grin and bear it or women who come to me and say I'm about ready to get married, but the idea of being intimate after insert sexual assault, all that, I'm fully aware that these are things that probably some of their closest friends and family don't necessarily know about. Mm -hmm. And that's why I feel like it's an honor to be able to talk about these things, but also to present solutions. I'm not saying that they're all easy necessarily. I mean, easy to do and to implement, but it's also one of those things that it changed, changes the trajectory of that individual's life. And that's one of the reasons I love this so much. I know it would be inappropriate to snap a before picture when someone comes into my office, especially before we have even met and we we haven't done any exams or assessments. But if I was able to the before picture and the after picture, and I'm talking about their face nowhere else <laughs> there is honestly a change. there's a glow, there's a sparkle they they're different they're the they're the you know the version inside of themselves that has been wanting to get out but has probably felt trapped or restrained or what- whatever it might be that hasn't been able to express themselves and you know their problems look different i mean they're they're the same problems but they just take on the world very differently. And so while it's to me, when I'm explaining it to them, I'm aware that we're just fixing one problem, but it really just permeates into so many other areas of their life. Yeah. So that's, that's how I got into this.
0: That is so incredible. And this is like, like if you're watching this on video, I, I hope that you are, but also just listening to this, like This is why I was so excited to have this conversation with you because your passion is like the same passion that I have when I'm working with my clients. And it's so palpable and it's so tangible. And I'm just like grinning ear to ear because I can just hear how joyful you are in being able to do the work that you're doing. And This is like the people that I want to expose my audience to because it's like, hey, there are people out there who are enthusiastically ready to help you and enthusiastically excited to work through those different issues with you and whatnot. And you're right. like When you fix one thing, it really does, like you said, permeate into other other aspects of your life because you realize, oh, I, I can do this. So what else can I do? And then just leading into that, like, like being able to have intimacy with other people or have connection or build your confidence, um, you know, on, on your website, you talk a lot about like, um, you know, leaking and just like different various things. So like, what does it mean to be able to exercise like without worrying about, you know, leaking or what does it mean to like have a a pain-free sex or a pain-free period, and so mm-hmm. it really does transform so many things. So before we get into all of those things, because there's so many things to talk about, can you please give us like, like a quick 101 intro of what is the pelvic floor and why do we need to know about it? Why is it so important?
1: Sure, I and I'll say this too, I, I think oftentimes I might, I guess maybe I should preface this, I don't ever want to come down on the information that's out there about some of these things. And while I'm not trying to present it at a, at a true scientific level, I also feel like the pelvic floor is one that it needs. It does need some complexity in explaining. I'll, I'll break it down. But I think when, um, when I read things, especially on on, um, when women are talking about the pelvic floor and they'll compare it to a hammock, that it's just like a string of muscles that sit underneath the pelvic like a hammock. That is, I, I'll explain it the way I explain it. And then you can see why I just, I don't like it because I don't think it gives it the credit that it deserves.
0: Mm. So the
1: way I like to explain it is there's a doorway that leads to a hallway that leads to a living room. And I like to use that because shape wise, Structure-wise, that's kind of how it is, and most of us—I'm being facetious here—we've walked through a doorway, gone down a hallway, and then walked into a, you know that that hallway led to a living room, and so I like to think of it that way because we also have three layers of pelvic floor muscles, which kind of shoots down the idea of that pelvic floor being like a hammock that it's just strung up, and so as we so if we're looking at the the vulva. So we don't necessarily see the door opening right away. And there's not an actual door, but there's the opening. But like most doors, there's a covering. So the labia majora, the labia minora are like curtains covering that opening. If we were to pull them back, And then we would see a nice circular opening. As we go to walk through that opening, we're now walking through that door frame. And that door frame is just a tiny little piece of section of muscles. That's our first layer. And of course, that door frame is going to lead to a hallway. And this is actually when we refer to the vagina. That's the actual vagina. And the cool thing about, well, I think it's cool anyways is that, so this hallway, the floor, the ceiling, the right wall, the left wall, at rest, most of the time these tissues are touching excuse me, or almost touching. And when we insert something, one of the jobs of the muscles, assuming that it, the muscles are happy and healthy and strong, that when we insert, one of the jobs is for those tissues to accommodate whatever it is that we're inserting. And so if there's pain here, then that tells us, okay, these muscles are not doing their job. And an easy way to kind of compare that is if you let your arm just sit here at rest where your bicep isn't contracted and then you mash on that arm, it doesn't hurt. And then the muscles and the tissues, they move out of the way very easily, probably because there's no problem unless you just had surgery recently. So don't count that. But there's probably no issue with those bicep muscles, which is why they easily move out of the way. So that second layer or that hallway that's what it should be doing is they should part ways. So then you keep walking. And I know this sounds funny, but again, just to add to the complexity, if you kept walking, you would, assuming they're happy and healthy, you would take a step down and you'll notice that there's a wall that shoots off to your right. Cause you're in the circular living room. There's another wall that shoots off to the left. And so we're in this big circular living room. We we're still facing the way we came in. So the doorway is behind us. And if we look to the back of the room, you can see a love sack, which is your rectum. Above that, you can see art on the wall, which is your tailbone. And then if you look up at the ceiling, there's a chandelier. And that I love that you're looking. If you look up at the ceiling, there's a chandelier and that is your uterus. I think sometimes people get confused where that's at. And then if we turn around about a 180, let's get my directions, 180, and we look back the direction that we came, we'll see that up above that hallway tucked up there, like the HVAC system, that's where our bladder sits. And then you'll notice that in this living room, um, do you remember those rooms? I think Elvis's house in Ashland or Graceland or wherever, they had carpet that goes up the wall. Okay. Our pelvic floor is the same way. The flooring. Goes up the wall, and that's our third layer of pelvic floor muscle. So, not to like make that drawn out, but you can see, my word, there's a whole lot happening here. So, I don't really think it's fair to say that our pelvic floor is just a muscle that's strung up from the front of us to the back of us, but it also helps us with our inc- with our continence, meaning we're not leaking urine, we're not leaking stool or or poop. It helps. Provide stability to the pelvis. It helps support our pelvic organs. It participates with intimacy in many different ways. It provides, um, like I said, stability and support to the pelvis. And it does a couple of different things there. I won't get into that too much. And it does a bunch of other things that I just think that we forget about. So that's that's my short version of what the pelvic floor is and all the things that it does.
0: Thank you so much for that because it's just so educational. And one of the things that I'm always shocked about from just like an educational system that we live in is like, why, as an adult has <laughs> been like sexually active for 15 years, um, mm-hmm. I was sexually active prior to being an adult, but um, like, am I just learning about this or like? You know, the the amount of conversations I have with my female friends about our, our menstrual cycle, just because we're all trying to figure out like what is really going uh, on is astounding to me. So just thank you for, for being able to make that information accessible because uh-huh. it really does. Like I was able to picture everything that was going around, which is why I was looking around. And <laughs> It just makes it go like, okay, wow, my body is incredible. Mm-hmm. It can do so many things. And it can also, and one of the things that it does best is really trying to keep us safe and protect us. And so when we talk about it in terms of, of trauma, and when our body is trying to keep us safe, like, what role is the pelvic floor having in that, you know, keeping us safe? And how does it um, like, or how does trauma really kind of affect that particular area and so that way the thrivers listening can really go okay I'm seeing how this is affecting me and then later on we're definitely going to get into you know kind of some things of how we can start creeping out of that trauma state and into mm-hmm. a healing state
1: sure so the they did a study I think it was in the 90s and they wanted to know which muscles contracted in response to fearing for your life which I probably should look into that a little bit further. I kind of feel like that might, I I probably don't know the premise of it, but I feel like that might be, I don't know how useful that is. That being said, I think it is very useful because what they found was that it was the pelvic floor contracted any anytime someone feared for their life. And initially when I was reading this, I was like, Right. What, what, why do I even care about this? Why is this important? And then I had this memory of, and I don't know if you have dogs or not, and we we currently have three. And so have you ever noticed like if they've done something and maybe you go to swat their bum and they like tuck their bum underneath of them? that i mean that's nature at its finest that pelvic floor is contracting and initially i thought oh it's because it's trying to keep all the reproductive organs safe you know it's such a a primal thing but then as i continued studying and as i've been in this career for this for this long i started to see that any time a person experienced negative emotion whether that was sadness or anxiety or just Even talking about a stressful subject, I won't go too much into that, but there's times that I've, you know, been working on a patient's pelvic floor and she'll start talking about something that's very stressful to her and her pelvic floor will literally change in an instant and shorten and tighten and almost, it's almost like someone flipped a switch. And so I don't, when I was reading all of this and studying it and trying to make sense of it, it didn't click. But then as I've been doing this, I've seen as, you know, women start to make progress on their pelvic floor, which we'll talk about some of those techniques here here in a bit, or at least I'd like to anyways, that, 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 you know, they can be going along very well and making all this progress. And then they can have a stressor or a life event or something happen. And that pelvic floor will almost revert back to where it was. And I like to bring that up because I Oftentimes, my patients will panic. Oh, no, like all this work was gone. And that I don't think it that that way at all, because they also have all these tools, which I'm going to share those with you today. But they have all those tools that they have. And now they know, oh, wow, this can change in an instant. Like you said earlier, how incredible is my body? Number two, our brain, one of the jobs of it is to prove us right and to keep us safe. And so, if the body is experiencing stress or it moves into that fight or flight, the brain is doing exactly what it's supposed to, keeping us safe. That pelvic floor tightens up. And then your brain's like, see, anytime we have stress, anytime we panic, anytime we worry, We got you. So it kind of goes on this loop or this cycle that perpetuates itself, which is why, in my opinion, I think it's so important to throw a. I always think of like a piece of this is what my brothers would do to me when I was little. I'd be riding my bike and they'd throw a piece of wood into my bike tires and it would jolt me. So we got to stop the cycle, whatever silly thing my brothers did. So the pelvic floor is radically affected by just stress in general, but then you add trauma to, And especially when there's been trauma that has been performed to that area, well then, I don't wanna say that it makes it worse necessarily, because I've seen cases and patients where if I didn't know the story, they kinda looked similar, but I think it also speaks to the importance of us managing our stress. So even someone who maybe hasn't experienced trauma, and you're in a marriage, or a relationship, or what have you, and you're trying to figure out, well, why is my pelvic floor, you know, not allowing me to have pain-free intimacy, or why isn't it, you now have all these problems that we can now tie back to the stress, and I think we all know the benefits of managing our stress, but again, I mean, we're talking about trauma here, and the effects, I think that that hopefully highlights what that pelvic floor is doing and why that cycle continues and continues and continues and where we need to step in and say, okay, let's do this where we're giving your brain evidence that everything is fine. It's not dangerous, right? Because if you take your finger and you touch anywhere else on your body, you're fine. But somehow we take this finger and whether that's inserting a tampon or, you know, Insert whatever activity it might be, then, and the body's panicking, you're again, you're just now feeding into that cycle. We have to be able to change that input so that the output is okay, light touch is not a problem.
0: Yeah. And that is the thing that I just want to say, you know, in response to that is when your body is behaving in this way, like it is doing its job. And so therefore there is nothing wrong with you. So thriver is listening. There is nothing wrong with the way that you are experiencing and that your body is doing its job. It's trying to keep you safe. And also because it's trying to keep us safe and it's doing such a good job, we do have to take action to be able to allow ourselves to live a joyful and fulfilled life. Like we don't want to live in survival mode. We want to live in thriver mode. And so what does that look like? And and how can how can we get there? Um and so I think that this, this would be a great place to kind of jump into some of those um those healing techniques that you shared. So that way one, we we know what's happening. We have nice foundation of what is our pelvic floor we know that it's okay that our body's doing what it's supposed to and then now we can really say but what's next like what can we do to like really really live this life
1: yeah i i'm really glad that you added that i i mean you and i have two totally different jobs and 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 how we help people but i i I might borrow that and, and use that. Cause some I heard this a while ago that when your nervous system is like not doing what it's supposed to, right? Like you're in fight or flight all the time. You're not in the rest and digest that when our body, you know, is in fight or flight over the silly, what, what might seem to us is so silly as we're trying to work through it. Um, someone told me, just tell your body, Hey, thank you so much for doing your job. I need you to step aside. Let like I got this. Like let let me handle this. And I thought initially I thought it was kind of funny when he told me that. But then hearing you say this, I'm I'm seeing how that could be really useful. So this is also learning for me too because there's there's a skill set that I don't necessarily have. So so thank you.
0: No, thank you. And and that's exactly why I have people on the show. Like I and I tell people this all the time. I don't want to know everything, and I don't know. Everything. <laughs> But Polly's got some answers. So let's listen to Polly and see what she has to say.
1: Yeah, so one of the things that, you know, if we start to take a look at the nervous system is that when we're in that fight or flight, we become um more shallow breathers and we start using our chest so that we, you know, we're inhaling with our um like with our shoulders. I think that's a really easy way to see. And there's a lot of reasons that someone would become a chest breather rather than the belly breather. And I'm going to call this a balloon breather here in a minute. But when the, the, and this is the way we're supposed to breathe naturally and physiologically. So when we inhale, the lower lobes of our lungs are going to expand. The rib cage is also going to expand out. The diaphragm that sits underneath is going to drop. And that pressure is also going to push down into our guts. And I know this is something people probably don't think about, but if you made a big old list of all the guts and organs that fit inside our belly, which there's a lot there. I think I'm trying to remember. I think they say like, if you took all those organs and put them end to end, it'd be like the length of a football field or something just like a a lot. Ridiculous. Yeah. 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 It's really, it's hard to believe that all of that fits inside your belly, unless you've worked with cadavers or, you know, to, to see it in real life. But one of the things about organs is they're supposed to slide and glide on top of each other. So, which makes sense, right? Because if you have all that crammed in your belly and you go to bend over to reach or, you know, to put your seatbelt on, or I'm a mom of two littles. And so I'm always, you know, turning and trying to hand them something to the back seat. our our guts are supposed to move everywhere for us. So when we inhale, right, lungs expand, diaphragm drops, those guts should move downward. And very similar, like we talked about accommodation that those muscles should move out of the way, that those, that pelvic floor, that whole complex setup, as those guts move downward, assuming those pelvic floor muscles are soft and happy and healthy and strong, they're gonna move out of the way. And then, when we exhale, the air goes out of our lungs, everything is going to rise back up again. And something interesting to note about that so, and I like to think of it as it's very passive, it's very natural, it should be very easy. However, when our fight or flight system is turned on, not our rest and digest, we our respiration rate increases and so we can't have those big belly breaths and so we become a chest breather so it's not uncommon that those who have experienced trauma or have high stress or have anxiety or even just are in a stressful situation again the body is trying to, the body's trying to make sure that there's oxygen exchange happening and so it literally changes the way that we breathe in order in order to keep us alive, even though we now have potentially issues with our guts because they're not moving well. So it's not uncommon for constipation or even diarrhea or loose stools to be a problem because those guts aren't getting that input. And also the mere fact of those guts moving, I like to think of them as waves, waves coming up the sand, waves coming back down the sand when those guts are moving, it actually helps to turn on that rest and digest system, which makes sense because if those guts aren't moving, then our fight or flight system turns on. But if those guts are are moving, then that helps turn on that rest and digest system, which we're going to use that to our benefit. But again, you'll notice that a lot of the things that I talk about, it's just using our body the way that it was designed to do. And again, it's doing the best that it can given the circumstance. And we're just stepping in to say, okay, body, thank you so much. You've done your job. But also let's help you get back to the way that you are functioning. And let's help you be more efficient so that we can thrive, not survive, and live that life that we deserve and want and desire. So that being said, I like to use balloon breathing to start because when I have patients come in, especially those who are survivors or drivers, I'm used to using that survivor word, of any kind, and even if they don't tell me, I can typically tell before I even get my hands on them, because I'll watch them breathe. I'll have them just lay on the table and lift their shirt up just a little bit. So I can see their belly button and they, their belly, their belly is almost like sucked in, not like a six pack look, but like it's stretched. Like somebody's from the inside, pulling it down. And that belly is so tight and all the movement comes from the chest. And I, I don't, I'm not typically super descriptive about that on a podcast, but I also, if, if you, whoever's listening, if you wanted to, you know, sit and do your own self-assessment and say, man, how am I, how am I even (laughs) breathing? And it's funny because I think some people like to blame it on, oh, well, I wear high waisted pants or the boyfriend jeans, or, you know, I'm just sucking it in. That might be, which can contribute to that, but I also think it's a response that your body has said, hey, we got you. we're going to keep you safe, and remember, every time we try to do something new, it doesn't work very well, and so getting you in a a place where you can breathe comfortably is not only going to help you turn on that rest and digest system, but it's going to start helping that pelvic floor to soften. One of the things I like to tell my patients, uh, especially when I'm working on their pelvic floor, there's lots of manual techniques that I do, but as it relates to balloon breathing, it is the coolest thing that sometimes the pelvic floor will, I don't want to say relax, but let up some of its tone better to the balloon breathing than it does to me, which I think is incredible because. People pay me good money to come see me, but also it speaks to, okay, we're using your body to help you overcome this. And it's something that you can do at home. That's really not too hard. Yeah. So that's why I like to do that balloon breathing with my patients. And that's why I would love for everyone listening to try it. And the other thing that I'll add, um, I want to say is a cautionary tale, But being mindful, you might have emotions that come up. It's not uncommon that once we get you in this fight or flight system and your body and your brain gets to experience a taste, a couple moments of that rest and digest. I've had patients panic, become emotional because it's almost like a new sensation, a new experience for their body that they haven't perceived in a really long time And while I'm not a counselor or a therapist to help in that regard, I would just tell you that the keys to being in Rest and Digest, which is where you should be a lot of the time, you have the keys. And so if you need to take a little glimpse, um, I, I have one patient, she's really into fairy tales. And so I try to adjust my uh, homework and terminology based on some of the things that they like. And so I'll tell her, okay, fantasy land. I can't remember what she calls it. She's writing a book on the side. Anyways. So I'm like, Hey, fantasy land, if you just need to like take a quick look and then you come right back, no problem. Right. Because the more you do that, which I think is similar to exposure therapy again, I'm not trying to be a counselor or a therapist, but just even having a glimpse, your, bo- glimpse, your body's going to remember, because naturally and physiologically, we should be in this rest and digest stage more often than what we are. And so to some degree, like I said, the keys to your kingdom or to your fantasy land or what, however you want to envision it, your dream life, you you have control over some of that. So it always seems very basic, I think. When I give this as homework, but the results the second time I see them, they always say, "Oh, yeah, I have no idea it It's really remarkable, and it makes me look really smart, but it really is just what i mean maybe I might be, I'm not sure, but really, what it is is that that's how your body works, and all we're doing is just reminding that body what it's supposed to be doing and what it can do again,
0: yeah. Yeah, you touched on some really, um, really important things here. And you're uber smart, first of all. Let's get that out of the way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And just talking about like, you know, just giving a little glimpse, like just taking a little peek into it is so important because it's reminding your body exactly like what you said, that this is the way it's supposed to be. This is the way how it's supposed to feel. And just like kind of adding on to that is the reason why it feels so emotional um, and feels kind of triggering going into that rest and digest state is because it's not familiar. And so when the body is keeping you safe, your brain's also keeping you safe and it's not allowing you to process all of your emotions and all of the, you know, even the things and the tension that is happening in your body because no, we need to stay safe. So we're going to clench up and we're going to be tight. But then when you start kind of releasing that and it feels unfamiliar, therefore it feels unsafe, right? There's this saying uh-huh. that's very popular right now on social media. That's like, most people are willing to choose a familiar hell than an unfamiliar heaven. And Ooh. and so when our body goes, oh, wait, I'm suppo- I, I can do this. It also freaks out. And so you're exactly right. Like going into it and just taking like small steps to make it feel familiar. And then the other thing that you said is like, it feels, you know, the the advice that I'm giving them, it feels simple, right? But those are the most powerful tools that work. The simple tools doesn't mean they're easy. doesn't mean they're easy to do, but simple tools and small steps, that's what we do to get towards healing. And so if you get nothing out of this conversation today, Thrivers, just know that you can transform your life through breathing and what can, and then what, and if that can work, then what else can work and how else can we move forward? Um, So that's so incredible. And then stay tuned for even more episodes coming up this week, because we're going to talk more about balloon breathing. Um, so we're, we're just going to leave that little teaser right here. Um, okay. So what else can people do in order to, um, you know, kind of, Strengthen this pelvic floor or, or move through this. You talk a lot about doing exercises, but without Kegels. Yeah. And in our last conversation, we were um, when we were first talking. You know, I was like, yeah, I feel like I only hear about Kegels. Like I've been hearing about hear about Kegels from my mom. Like my friends talk about Kegels, but like you know, so it's kind of this buzzword, and sometimes the buzzword doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. So
1: talk to oh. me about. <laughs>
0: Talk to me about like strengthening and then your program you have no kegels university i mean you just slapped it on there right right there <laughs> so talk to me about that program what can we do um besides that very popular exercise
1: yeah so i i really do come out of the gate swinging that kegels don't work and I'll give you a couple of reasons why really fast. Number one is we don't strengthen any other muscle group effectively or efficiently by just squeezing and relaxing and squeezing and relaxing. So I'm not sure why that pelvic floor gets grouped into that. And if you remember, I talked about all those things that the pelvic floor did. So just squeezing and relaxing is somehow enough? I don't think so. The other thing is that when you and I were potty trained, because you had mentioned, well, I've heard about kegels from my mom, but you were not potty trained doing kegels. So how does the pelvic floor in these kiddos develop in a way in order for that pelvic floor to become strong enough to do its job so that they're not leaking or bedwetting or what have you. And the other interesting piece, I sometimes forget to talk about this depending on where I'm at, but the pelvic floor is the only group of muscles in the body that has fibers that run in all three planes. So front to back, side to side and diagonal and rotational. And we're 3D people living in a 3D world. So while I very well might be biased, that I think speaks to the complexity and the importance and the vitality of these muscles being strong, happy, and healthy. So that's why I come out of the gate swinging. No Kegels University is exactly that. It's um, a, an online brand that I have. And underneath of that, just, you know, similar to college or university, there's different plans and programs, depending on whatever issue you might be struggling with to help you through that. Because I realize that there's a lot of women, men too, you know, that, that don't have access to pelvic floor PTs in their area, or the weight is really long, or maybe time is an issue or what have you. And so I wanted to make sure that there was options in order to serve them. And my big program, it's called Bye Bye Leakage. And while I initially designed it for women who leak after having babies, I also have updated it a couple of times. And it is, it's is—it's become very massive because I know we're just on the podcast, and you, you know, don't know me very well. But I want to—the promise I made to myself when I opened up my own clinic, and then eventually launched No Kegels University—was that you felt like you were my sister's best friend. Like I would give you all the inside tips. I wouldn't hold anything back. Now, while I don't have a sister, so I don't really know what that feels like. I assume that it would be something like that, that I would, you know, oh, you know what? Don't waste your time doing this. Do this instead. It's going to give you a lot more bang for your buck and your time. That's how, that's how all the programs are. And so that's what Bye Bye Leakage is. It walks you through the the three phases that I like to think of as we're strengthening the pelvic floor. And so phase one is that those tissues move and move well. And that's where we actually utilize that balloon breathing is to coax those muscles to move and move well. And once we get through phase one, then we're into phase two. And that's how we strengthen the pelvic floor using what I like to call the VAB 3 method. V as in vertical, A as in above, B and as below, and then three for all three planes. And so we use that method and anyone listening can hold up their workout to this method. So as long as there's two of those four, that would count as a pelvic floor exercise. And what I mean by that is V for vertical, anytime we have that up and down motion, that pelvic floor contracts in response to that downward pressure. So that's actually how our pelvic, one of the ways our pelvic floor works. And so rather than being scared of jumping on the trampoline or jumping or doing a, you know, a workout, we would use that to strengthen, obviously not to the point of leaking. A for above is what I like to call, I've simplified it more, arm overhead. Whatever exercise you're doing, add your arm overhead, and that will help increase the workload down through that pelvis. B for below is it, we know that whatever your hip does or doesn't do, it decides what that pelvic floor does or doesn't do. So if the hip is activated and those muscles are working, pelvic floor is too, and or vice versa. So if they're off, they're off. So whatever that hip is doing, like in a weight-bearing position, like standing then we know that that pelvic floor is working. Because I mentioned earlier that that pelvic floor helps with stability of that pelvis. And then three, for all three planes, I think, and without getting too much into it, the female pelvis, which I realize I, I work mostly with women, but I have a lot of men too. The female pelvis needs a whole lot more. And I'm like pounding my knees on purpose. Because the female pelvis, the angles, they are not the same as the male pelvis. And so if you take a look at how our muscles work, um, contrary to men's, because of the angles, our pelvis needs a lot more side to side and lateral work and a lot more diagonal and rotational work. So that's important to remember, which is why I like to take any exercise and say, okay, we have to do it in all three planes. That way I'm kind of teaching you. I say you as if you're a patient or client, but teaching my patients and clients okay, I want your brain working because once we get done with phase two, then we move into phase three for maintenance. And I'll say that when I see a lot of programs, even other therapists, not that I'm trying to put them underneath or throw them underneath the bus, but phase one and phase three are the ones that I feel like get missed the most besides doing kegels. But we have, you can't. So going back to phase one, Um, I, the story I often say is if you saw me in the gym doing mini squats and you're like, Oh, good for you, girl. And I say, I know I'm trying to build a booty. Your brain's probably thinking, then get that booty down, like all the way to the ground. Why are you, you know, squatting like your sweet grandma would, you have to have that full range of motion. So that's why phase one is so important. We need those muscles having full range of motion before we can strengthen them. And then once we get them strong in phase three, we have to maintain that, which is something that like, even when I hear people, I just kind of want to bang my head up against the wall. Sometimes when I hear women talk about, yeah, you know, you know, I, did my kegels and it came back or I strength, or even some of my own sweet patients, they'll do what I asked them to. And then they'll come back and say, yeah, my problem's back. Well, are, are you maintaining? Oh no. I just thought it was solved. We would never assume that if we went, you know, we're going on vacation, you know, to have a great bikini body or whatever. I feel like I'm just going to be stereotypical about that. You know, that we would work out and diet and then we go on vacation and we look like a million bucks, not that we wouldn't beforehand. And then we come back and we're like, what? Why, why am I not the same size? Why don't I look? Because you didn't maintain it. And that's something where I I really probably could do a better job myself with my patients and clients at that, that maintenance phase. That's the easy part because I'm sure you've decluttered a, a closet or a drawer before and it is terrible in the moment. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of stress. Although how I have it set up, it's it's not stressful at all. It's like 10 to 15 minutes, a couple times a week. But once you're done, if you just kind of check in every once in a while to that closet or drawer, it's a lot more manageable and you probably don't have to declutter it or clean it again necessarily. So that's my method. And that is all presented inside Bye Bye Leakage. The tagline to it is a comprehensive plan for pelvic floor strengthening, which is very boring and basic, but that's what it is. It's very comprehensive. It walks you through all of those phases. And then, of course, I have other plans and programs to help support, you know, here or there, wherever you need it. But I wanted to be able to offer that to women, men too. I have lots of men that I help, which men's hip mobility is terrible. And so just even getting their hip mobility improved helps their pelvic floor function significantly, right? Because whatever the hip does or doesn't do decides what the pelvic floor does or doesn't do. And so I just, I, my mission is, is that women, men too, but women know how to effectively and efficiently strengthen their pelvic floors and return back to whatever level of function and activity that they once did before insert whatever it is. I, if you look on a lot of my stuff, it looks like I help a lot of postpartum women. Yes. But I also help a lot with pain with sex and trauma and lots of different things. So whatever that is, I, like you said earlier, I think what you said, I'm trying to remember how you said it, you know, you're a grown adult and you're just now learning about your body. I don't think that it should be a secret how to do something efficiently and effectively. I don't think it should at all. And so that's where that's where my mission has come from because like we talked about in the beginning we've seen I've seen you've seen women change men too. Um can you tell me, I talk, I talk mostly to women men are I treat men too but we've seen them change. And once you get to take one thing off your plate or oftentimes I Myself, like when I can cross something off my list, I always think of like, you know, my burden that I can just, okay, I can take that off. I, it's problem solved, I can carry on with life. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's one of those things that I don't know if I like to use the word we owe it to ourselves, but I also think that we have such a big impact on those that are around us. Not that it's our responsibility to to take care of everyone else but I do think it's our responsibility to take care of ourselves because no one is going to come and save us. And I, so that right before this podcast, I was, um, it was kind of a busy day. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to work out. I'm gonna get the energy moving. And so my daughter who's four came to work out with me and she was moving her arms because we were dancing and she bumped her elbow on the chair. And I went to turn to her and cause I'm Maybe a helicopter mom. And I went to turn to her. And before I could even get out, oh, honey, are you okay? Are you safe? She grabbed her elbow and she kissed her elbow and said, um, what did she say exactly? Something about like, you're tough, you got this, and kept right on doing it. And it was one of those moments that I was like, no one, like, she knows how to take, she's four. Granted, that's who she, that's just who she is. She's very independent. But it was one of those moments where I thought, man, no one's coming to save us. We have to save ourselves. And that's where my mission comes into play is that if I can provide you just even a little bit, you can take some of that off your burden. It's one less barrier that you have to jump over to get to the dream life or the life you've been wanting or the life you used to have after assault or trauma, then great. I'm so thankful to be a part of your journey. Just. Let me in, or let someone in, get rid of one of those things.
0: Yeah, 100%. And the thing that I always, you know, tell my clients or, or prospective clients is that your trauma and your experience was not your fault. And it is your responsibility to heal. And when you take control over that aspect of your life, And then you start looking for solutions and start looking for, for answers and things that feel good to you. And then start doing the things that feel accessible. Your life continues to improve. Your relationships continue to improve. And that's how you get to be a joy, have a joyful and fulfilled life and get into that thriver category. So you're absolutely right. And one thing I really want to highlight is is what Polly just said here. Thrivers, please listen, whether it's me, whether it's Polly, like good coaches don't care if you come to them, they care that you get support. Mm -hmm. And so listen to this information, take it in, take what feels good, leave all the rest, and then continue to take action on yourself and get that support and get that help. Because we are humans. And that means that we are a social creature who needs support from other humans to be able to effectively and successfully do anything in life, period. (laughs) But it's especially healing. So that was
1: good. That was really good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, So I'm just looking at our time and uh, we're we're gonna have to wrap up, so I have last kind of few questions for you, but okay. I feel like we could keep keep talking, and um, I've just enjoyed this conversation so much. So, first of all, thank you, um, and then last kind of speed round questions. Are you okay. ready? Uh huh. Okay. So, what are the three things that have Helped you in your own healing journey, you know, whatever that looks like for something that you've had to kind of work through something hard in life, or something that you've seen has helped your patients. So, whichever kind of angle you want to take, but what are three okay. things that have really helped?
1: Um, I think movement, like not even necessarily exercise, but movement. Um, the love for my husband, like he just creates such a safe place, like just. Um, you said speed round, so I, I won't do too much more than that. And the third, probably really great therapists and, and, and life coaches. I've, I've I've had both. So yeah, those I three things.
0: That. Okay, what is the impact that you want to leave on this earth?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. I. I guess I would want women to see that they have the ability to have the life that they want. And even if they don't know how to get it, they still can get it. Hmm, That was good. (laughs) That was really good.
0: And last question, um, where can the Thrivers listening find more about you online and find out more about your programs and all of that good stuff? Where can they connect
1: with you? I'm on Instagram at Beyond the V, period, by Polly. My website is Beyond the V by Polly one word. No period. I have a podcast Beyond the V with Polly. I have a YouTube channel Beyond the V. Uh it's either I if I think if you just look at Beyond the V, it'll it'll pop up. Um and then all of the uh, No Kegels University, um, it lives on the website or um, Instagram, but also too, I I welcome questions. So if you want to message me in the DMs, you you're 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 absolutely welcome to, or even set up. Um, I have what's called a, a, your pelvic floor's next step call. It's just a fifteen minute phone call to help figure out. You know, can I help you? Is there you know at least a strategy I can give you to you know, maybe you're not quite ready to work with me or just kind of curious. Um, I'm, I'm happy to do that too. And you can book all that um, on Instagram, through Instagram.
0: Fantastic. And all of that information is going to be in the show notes. Um, so you can just easily click on that and uh, go find out more about Polly. But thank you so much for your time and your energy love talking with you because it's always so exciting and so passionate. And just thank you for all of the incredible wisdom that you've shared with us today. I really appreciate it.
1: Of course, it was my honor.
0: Wow. That was incredible. Did you get as much out of listening to that as I did in creating it? I hope you did. I hope you found it helpful and powerful. And I hope that it allowed you to take action and choose yourself today. If you found this to be helpful, please share this with someone who needs to hear this message as well because we don't need to heal alone. Thank you so much for choosing yourself today and for listening. I'll see you next time.